Hello, Internet. Welcome to a very special edition of the Rough Drafts Podcast. It is our team-by-team preview for the European LCS. It is I, Chase Redshirt King-Wassenaar, the editor-in-chief for Imperial Esports. I can say that officially now. Because it is January, and that is exciting and awesome for me. And it is also exciting for me to be talking about all these different European teams with my good friend, Walter Fetchuk. Walter, how are you doing, man? I am doing fairly well. Can't wait to uh, get into the LCS season and, and see where all these European teams kind of uh, kind of stack themselves up. It feels extremely like there's five like top-heavy teams, and then the rest are all kind of like, meh. It's definitely uh, an interesting back and forth. I don't know, you know, there are some rosters that have been leaked, but, you know, haven't been entirely confirmed, none of which really blow me away. But the teams that are interesting are really interesting. And one of those teams is the first team that we drew from our random number generator because we couldn't figure out how we wanted to organize this. So we just, you know, we random number generated it, one through ten, and the first team that came up for us for Europe is Team Vitality. Uh, So... I just noticed something looking at their logo. Yes. It kind of looks like the Gravity logo. If you just like look at the orange part, it kind of looks like the little rocket that was in the Gravity logo. See, I was thinking <laughs> it looked more like uh, the bad guys in Galaga that you'd have to shoot down. Like, Couldn't you see oh. like a wave of them coming at yeah. you? Yeah, like, I could actually. Arc- that's, arcade that's, game? Yeah, I could actually. That's actually... <laughs> Which that's may or may fun. not have been their actual goal. I have no idea. Like, it seems like a gaming company might have taken into mind the uh, the imagery there. But it does look like uh like that seems like a uh, a ship I would use in FTL and immediately crash within thirty seconds of starting <laughs> because I'm terrible at that game. But who's not terrible at this game might be Team Vitality. They bought this spot from a team that wasn't great last split Gambit Gaming that finished eighth in the LCS. They kept Sean's as the coach and they kept Cabochard in the top lane, who are probably the two best things you could point to last split, with the exception of Forgiven, who um, obviously had some mixed results, we'll say, throughout that entire split, for reasons we'll get into, I'm sure, on a future podcast. Uh, We have Shook in the jungle now, replacing Diamond. Nukeduck from Rocket, replacing Betsy in the mid lane. Hyarnin comes in to replace Forgiven as the AD carry. Uh, And Kazing is replacing Gosu Pepper, that bot lane, obviously the old H2K bot lane, reunited on this new Vitality roster. Walter, when you look at this roster, just your initial impression, what do you see from these guys? So this roster to me is very interesting in the fact that they're all fairly talented players. I don't think anyone can can disagree with that, except maybe Hjarnan. But I'm just curious as to how this is going to mesh. Like, how are they going to work together? They all have some very, very high uh, high ceilings, but they also have some very uh, definitive weaknesses. Shook has always been a, like, he couldn't be one of the best junglers in Europe, but then he has some games where you're just like, I don't know what you're doing. Why Why are you playing jungle? Why are you a League of Legends player? Uh, mm-hmm. Nuke Duck feels very much the same way. Uh, very can have a very high ceiling, but is also prone to some very very silly mistakes, uh, especially when he has shorter hair. Uh, he's kind of like Samson, where the longer his hair grows, like the better he gets. I guess I have to say that was the one most disappointing. Th- Actually, I shouldn't say most disappointing. We're going to get to Rocket later, but one of the most disappointing things of the off season was watching, you know, Rocket post the picture. It's like, look, we've cut Nuke Duck's hair. And it's like, no, you've taken his power, you monsters. Maybe maybe <laughs> they, oh, ooh, ooh. I know where we should go for the conspiracy section of this podcast now. 
I, yeah, that, that's a much better conspiracy. I'm on the same page as you right there. We're going to get to this. We have, a, we have a format for these things, and it starts with the most exciting storyline. And when we talk about things that excite us about this team, it's kind of hard not to talk about Cabochard. Cabochard was in the conversation for being the best top laner in Europe, and now he's surrounded by quite a bit of talent around him. Is this the year, Walter, that Cabochard takes the leap and becomes the top laner in Europe? I I think he has help from the fact that one of arguably the best top laner in Europe left in Huni. I think it's still going to kind of come down to Odoamne and and so as in Cabochard like it did last year just adding Huni. Uh it's just going to be which one of those three is the most consistent. Mm-hmm. And Cabochard to me feels like the second most consistent. Like he feels like he's the middle of that kind of consistency sandwich between the three of them. I think Odoamne is the most consistent, so as is least consistent. So it'll be interesting to see if he picks up on anything, uh, especially if the meta shifts away from being top lane kind of carry-oriented, which uh, Kabashard is probably the best of the three at. Uh, but once it shifts back to more of a tanky, supporty type, uh, type of play style, that's where I feel like he's going to have the most problems out of the three. Absolutely. And the stats back up everything you just said. Uh, when he gets to carry, things go well. He's got 65 kills, which was the second most amongst top laners in Europe last split. He had the third lowest deaths uh, amongst those top laners. He had a 7.6 CS lead at 10 minutes, which was not only first place, but 3.8 CS at 10 minutes higher than the second best top laner at that 10 minute mark. He was third in gold differential at that 10-minute mark, first in CS per minute, third in damage per minute, second in effective gold. He does all of these things well, but the two numbers that should really concern you if you're worried about where the meta might shift are his KDA, which was only 2.6. That was for sixth best in, in amongst top laners. And he had a 69.6% kill participation, which was fifth amongst starting top laners in Europe. And those are two really worrying numbers if it does shift to that support, you know, tanky kind of top lane meta. If he's able to get kills and make those plays, he's proven he can do that. He's proven he's very good at it. But if he's required to be the guy who helps the rest of his team carry, he's going to have to change a lot of the way that he views the game. And whether he's able to do that or not is going to be a huge defining factor for where Vitality ends up at the end of this particular season. Now, this leads to the most underrated storyline going into this, which is Shook in the jungle. We've seen him as a stopgap before for teams, a guy who you know comes in until they find a better option or comes in because they realize that their last option wasn't good and he needs to fill out the rest of the year. Walter, is Shook the long-term answer at the jungle position for this roster? See... Shook is is a very interesting kind of player where he, as I said earlier, he has these games where he just, uh, and I'm sort of stealing a point from Kelsey Moser on uh, the last episode of Summoning Insight, which was a good point, I gotta steal it, was that he does have these moments where he just, it, he just runs away with the game, he's so good at, like, the high mechanical champions, especially Lee Sin, where he can just run away with a game, and, you know, you're at 20 minutes and go, uh, we can't do anything, they've gotten every dragon, they have all of our out of towers, we can't walk outside of our base, you know, GGFF. Uh, and then other games where he just completely disappears, and you don't realize that he's in the game, and, uh, sort of like Santorin, uh, during the World Championship, where he just disappears. 
So it'll be very interesting to me to see if he can find any sort of consistency on a roster that has arguably more talent than any roster that he's played with. Uh, I argue against the Elements roster quite a bit. Uh, when he has stretched a strong top laner in Cabochard. So if he can find that consistency, I would rather see... F- I'd rather not see any games where he goes just completely off if that means I don't see any games where he doesn't exist. So if he can find like some median where he's, you know, he's playing at a level where he's not completely dominating games, but he's also not completely disappearing from games, that would make me happy because I think he is a very talented player. You know, he, here's my concern. I, I, I agree with everything you said. I do believe he has the potential to be a good jungler, and we've certainly seen him do it in the past. Here are his stats from the 10 games he played uh, for the Copenhagen Wolves last split. And keep in mind, the Copenhagen Wolves were pretty much terrible. Um, I, I can't blame all of this on him. The guy had a 2.0 KDA. That made him 11th amongst junglers who played five or more games last split. Uh, eighth in kill participation. Eleventh uh, at damage per minute. Twelfth in effective gold per minute. That being plays you make on your own to keep yourself sustained. Twelfth. Eleventh uh, in wards placed per minute. Eighth in wards cleared per minute. These are not numbers that you want to hear about your jungler. Uh, not on a team that has a mid laner like Nuke Duck that really needs a jungler that's going to be able to take care of him. These are all worrying signs. And, you know, he does well for himself, despite being on a team that was arguably, you know, just downright terrible in the Copenhagen Wolves. He had, uh, he was second amongst junglers in CS at 10 minutes and second at gold differential of junglers at 10 minutes. These are nice stats. Those are the things you point to and say, well, maybe the kill participation, the KDA, all these stats, maybe it's just that his team was terrible. And that, might be true, but when he was bad last year, he was really bad, and that shows yeah. up in the damage numbers. It shows up in the vision numbers because those those are individual numbers. He could have done more about those, and he just did not look good. And you've got to ask yourself at this point, you know, can he be, you know, even just the version of himself that he was at Elements, which at least the highs were higher and the lows weren't quite as low as they were last split and. We have to see. We don't. We do not know right now. And and given what we've had in the past, um, I I have my concerns. But I also have another concern, and, and this is my my biggest fear when I look at this team. Are we sure Nuke Duck's good? Like, are we sure the Nuke Duck is good? I don't think we've ever been sure if Nuke Duck is good. Like <laughs> even going back to when he played with uh, God. What what was that top laner? What was his name? <laughs> oh, God. I feel like there was this top laner that his name started with a Z. It had like two Zs in it. Do you know who I'm talking about? Uh, oh. I don't know. Maybe I should check my Twitter profile picture and see if anything <laughs> comes to mind. I, yeah, think, I, uh, I, mean, I, I, I think at one point we thought that he would, was going to be one of the you know next great uh, European mid laners, but I think he kind of feels, feels like the European pole belter to me. Yeah, except he doesn't only play two champions. Like he tries to play more champions, and he's just not very successful at playing more than a few champions. So I I don't know. I don't think he I don't think he's bad necessarily, but I don't think he's as good as we really want him to be. I I agree with that, and I say this as a Rockat fan, and and trust me, no one 
was more all in on Nuke Duck during that weird regionals playoff run where we almost beat Orihan in a best of five that no one is ever going to remember. Second year in a row, by the way, the Rockat was one game away from making the world championship. Not that I'm bitter. Not that I'm bitter. Orihan's Can I just team. say thank God they didn't? Because if Orihan hadn't been at Worlds, I would have been extremely sad. I, I, I can't agree with that, but I do enjoy seeing <laughs> Orihan at Worlds. No, what would have been sad is that one of those what, – what's sad is that one of those teams had to sit at home while H2K, shambles that they were at that time, got to go to Worlds. That's, what's, that's the tragedy here. But, but H2K but, played like pretty well at Worlds. Granted, they were against EDG and SKT. Yeah, I was going to say. It's another podcast. It's defined pretty well. But yeah, well, that's a whole other problem. Here are some stats on Nuke Duck. Um, he had, was fourth in KDA with 4.9 in the regular season. He was second in kill participation uh, amongst midlaners. Uh, he did pretty well in CS at 10 minutes. But here are the worrying stats. In gold differential at 10 minutes... He was negative 44.7, seventh amongst midlaners. So despite having a CS lead, he was behind in gold, which means most of the time he was giving up a death early on. He was fifth in CS per minute, seventh in damage per minute, and sixth in effective gold per minute. Those numbers all scream average to me. Which, by the way, being an average LC, you know, EU LCS midlaner still means you're one of the five or six best midlaners in Europe and you're among the top 10 best midlaners in the West. That is not a terrible condemnation of this guy. But when he signed to that team, when you saw that he was going to be paired with Yankos, we thought that he was going to evolve into this you know, great power. You know, He and, and Fabivan were supposed to be battling each other out for who was going to be the biggest contender for best midlaner, best new midlaner in Europe. There's a reason that people had Rocket so high on those spring power rankings. And he didn't live up to it in spring. He did better in summer, but those numbers are still not incredible. And I'm really, really worried that they're expecting more of him than he's actually going to be able to do for this team. But, uh, but before we move on, I'm hearing some, hearing some gumshoe sounds. Walter, I, I, are you tracking out a conspiracy here? What if Nuke Duck's performance is actually related to how long his hair is. What if he actually is the real, the you know, the modern day Samson? What if he needs to grow out his hair to be good? This is my favorite part of this theory, right? Because originally he had signed on with Rockat. It's why Rockat released the picture of him cutting his hair. Here's the next level of that conspiracy. What if Rockat knew that his power was tied into his hair? That's why they cut it, knowing he was going to leave. I, I think that's actually a pretty pretty poor idea because he has plenty of time to grow it back out by the time they make playoffs. <laughs> no, which, no, it'll be fine. It'll be <laughs> which, to be fair, couldn't he just also like get a weave? Like, wouldn't a weave count too? Maybe. Do we want to see Nuke Duck in a weave? Is that something? No, Can we no. arrange that? I, I don't. I don't actually want to see that. I don't even want to see him with the long hair that he had because he just looked homeless. Well, here's the thing. You really, if you're going to have hair that long, you're going to make that your thing. You've really got to style it more than he did. He kind of just let it hang there. Like it was yeah. almost like a, like a sheepdog where it like covered his eyes to the point where you weren't really sure he could see the game as well as he probably should. <laughs> but like, what if he'd like, like slicked that stuff up like Super Saiyan style, right? Like really spiky. Ooh. You know, yeah. you know, like dyed it like the bright yellow. And it just went all in on, like, this is my power. I have reached a new level of nuked up. You mean kind of like what Medios did, but actually DBZ style, yeah, not but, just like... Yeah, but, 
instead of just being a meme in Korea, like actually doing that and using it as like an intimidation factor. Like, can you imagine being like one of these newer midlaners that's coming into the European scene and you're getting ready for the game and you look over and there's a guy with literal Super Saiyan hair and that's your lane opponent for the next 15 minutes? Like, there's so much more he could do with this. That'd be fantastic. I like it. Let's do it. Let's get let's get Nuke Duck on the phone here. We need some Super Saiyan hair in do. the EU LCS. Just, do it for the fans, Nuke Duck. We, we want your hair to get as ridiculous as possible. You can do like a different anime hairdo every week. It'll be great. Just, just trust in us, Nuke Duck. The power is there. You just need to utilize it. But uh, it's time to look at our final thoughts for this team. Uh, Walter, with all of what we just talked about taken into account, what do you think is the end result for this roster? I, I think they're like a you know lower, lower uh, upper mid tier team. I'll put it that way. So I, I don't lower think upper mid. You realize lower, it's just upper mid, mid, right? No, no, no. U- upper mid. I was gonna say lower <laughs> top, but that makes no sense. So upper upper mid tier team. I okay. think there are very there are two very, very clear favorites in Europe. And then I think there's like a bunch of mid tier teams. And I think this team in particular is one you know, is probably like, you know, four, three or four. If things go um if things go their way, things don't go their way, and Shook is just a hot mess, and, and Nuke Duck keeps cutting his hair because that is what his power is, but he doesn't want to look like a sheepdog, then <laughs> then we have some problems here. But I think they're probably like a good like third or fourth. They might be vying for a world spot come summer, depending on how like rosters change up. Um, I'm not positive that we'll see Shook or Harden on this team in summer. That's one of those things. And if things aren't like amazing... Those would be the two players that I would replace. I mean, this is this is where I come down on this team. I, I, I kind of – this is screaming like one of those teams that – you know, kind of like the classic Dignitas play where they start off really strong because Cabochard's in a carry meta, because Nuke Duck is revitalized by having Causing around, and Causing just kind of wills this team going forward, makes shot calls and makes Shook look good. And then the meta transitions. They fall off a bit. They end up as like a five seed. You know, they kind of, you know, it's like a three, two series in the quarterfinals before they get Mm -hmm. smashed by like a fanatic or an Ori hen, you know, one of those style of teams in the semifinals. And then they spend the off season in the summer, just getting a new jungler. That's, that's what I see for this team. I think Yarnan will stay because I think Yarnan and Kazing have a lot of synergy together. I think they like working together. Fair enough. But I think, I don't think Shook is on this roster come summer. And that's okay. not necessarily a problem with Shook. I think Shook is an LCS caliber jungler. I just think he's kind of got this journeyman ideal to him. And I'm not sure if he fits what the rest of this team is trying to do. So that's how we see this breaking down. Hopefully you enjoyed this. If you want to follow all of the podcasts we're going to be planning on doing, because we're going to be doing one of these every day for the next 10 days as we cover all of these uh, different teams. We're going to do breakdowns for all. Every single one of them. It's going to be a lot of fun. You should follow all of them at soundcloud.com slash esportsgamblinghour or follow us on iTunes at the Esports Gambling Hour. Um, you can also find me on Twitter at, at RedshirtKing. Walter, where can they find you? You guys can find me at C80s underscore LOL. Come back tomorrow. We're going to look at a very different slice of what the European scene has to offer. Until then, goodbye, Internet.